0: And there must Live be a Live from a Lane break. County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show with your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Multivis. Good afternoon and welcome to the Bo's Nose Show. And I'm your host, Jay Bozovich, West Lane County Commissioner. And I'm coming to you live from beautiful downtown Eugene, Oregon today. Had a uh, housing authority meeting at 2.30 and I could not get back to lovely downtown Elmira in time to do the radio show. So I'm doing it from my office in the public, safe, uh, public um, service building. <coughs> And down here in Eugene, sorry about that. Still recovering from that nasty virus. Um, And uh, so I'm I'm working from downtown today and uh, not quite as nice a view out the window and all that stuff. And I won't have the cat jumping in my lap in the middle of the show uh, and clawing my legs or anything. So uh, maybe it won't be quite as distracting, who knows? It's another free for all day. So I'm, you know, this is really your show. Just give us a call and we'll talk about what you want to talk about. And the number is 646-721-9887. And simply just press one and that lets Robin my call screener know that you want to get in on that conversation and uh, we'll get you on the air as soon as possible uh in fact if you call right now you'd be the first one in line and i'll jump you right onto the air so it's been a, a pretty interesting week here in lane county uh my fellow commissioner east lane county commissioner uh my fellow rural commissioner because there are two rural commissioners and three urban commissioners um dropped a bomb on us basically on tuesday and announced his resignation effective at the end of the month so yesterday was actually his last Board of Commissioners meeting. And we are now stuck with the prospect of having to replace Faye on the Board of Commissioners. And, you know, it's going to be very odd not to have Faye as a fellow commissioner. I've known Faye Stort for a long time. And I have to say he's one of the most uh, pleasant and friendly people you'll ever meet. Uh, and he is truly... Um, you know, a gentle person, very polite, treats people with respect, and uh, he was really always kind of the heart of our board. Uh, you know, when I people ask me to describe other board members, they ask me about Faye, I always describe him as the heart of the board because he was always concerned about whether what we were doing was uh, fair or just to everybody, you know, and was best for all involved. Um, you know, really kind of Thought of his decision-making process in that fat in that manner, uh, whether it was what we were offering uh, uh, a bargaining unit uh, in 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 the way of a contract, and whether it was fair, um, or whether a decision we were making on a land use um, item was fair, uh, always was trying to think about um, you know. The, the greater good in a lot of ways and and thinking external of, of his own own self uh, and and was really driven um you know uh, from a, a desire that that sort of desire which made him you know uh, a a evening influence on the board because you know my background is an engineer and i have that logical thought and um tend to look at things in a much more technical manner and often that that piece of it doesn't always come across to me. I'm usually thinking about the technical aspects of our decisions, uh unintended consequences, you know, all the various permutations and everything else. And Fay will bring in that that human side uh and and usually bring that out in the deliberations and and has sometimes changed my mind on 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 um policy in in that manner. Uh, so it'll, you know, he, he was kind of my balance, you know, whereas I was at, uh, you know, if anyone's familiar with the Myers Briggs personality, um, test and, and the the 16 different personalities, I test definitively as an INTJ. Uh, and the T part of that, you know, there's four different aspects that you can, um, You can test one or the other um, of your personality, and there's uh, a T or an F uh, in the personalities, and a T is for a thinker, and and an F is for somebody that that goes by feelings, Uh, and I am an off-the-scale T. So sometimes I will completely miss how something might make people feel, because I am you know very much that logical thinker so I'll, I'll miss having Faye across the hall just to drop in for a quick chat um you know whether it was about uh you know local athletics or something like that or what what what's going on up in the state uh house in Salem or or forest policy on the national level um you know not only did he have a lot of heart he also worked really hard to get educated on subjects we were going to have to deal with Um, his constituents are going to miss that hard working side Uh, you know if he got a call from a constituent he would go the extra mile um, to try and get an answer for somebody to try and resolve an issue Um, and it kind of shows in some of the work he completed as commissioner you know one of the things he's proud of doing is creating the brow river um water district out there, uh, out there in in Rowl River, uh, east of Cottage Grove, where when Cottage Grove decided to change their um, intake for their uh, municipal water system to closer to town, it left a lot of people that had been getting water service off of the way upstream intake on the Rowl River um, high and dry if if they were going to give up that that system because they actually had gotten agreements for the right to cross their properties and stuff to connect to that pipeline that came from way up the 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 river down into Cottage Grove. uh, Even though they're outside of city limits and as the city was choosing it to change that, here are all these constituents of Faye that we're going to be without water. um, And in in an area that may not necessarily be able to get a very good well, and and there's a lot of um, you know uh, different minerals in the, in the aquifers up there, including arsenic that you know isn't necessarily great for drinking water. So, Faye um, worked with the the county and worked on getting a um, a block grant approved for creation of that district, getting the water system uh, upgraded and made into a local system, and creating that district and everything else that gave those people up there. Uh, drinkable water for the for a long time to come into the future. And that's just kind of the way Faye was. There was a a problem, people were going to suffer, and he looked for some solution to fix that and then worked hard to get it done. Um, Really was his style uh, and he'll be kind of missed on the board. Um, It amazes me in kind of reading some of the comments on the Registered Guard story, how ignorant people are of Faye. Uh, somebody describes him as the richest man in Lane County. They have no idea. His last name might be Stuart. He might be distantly a relative of LL Stubb Stuart, who was a very rich man, but Faye personally is not a rich man. Um, the only income his family has is of his and his wife's. He does not have uh, an inheritance or anything like that. Uh, he's a you know before he became a commissioner, he ba- he owned a um, a small construction company with his uncle, uh, and actually you know drove dump trucks and worked out there in the field himself um, and got his hands dirty. Uh, so some of the people that make this assumption that he's just some super rich guy and and um, you know it, it's just some really poor assumptions and. and then there was some conjecture that the, the position he was taking in Cottage Grove was for way more money, and it's not true. It's basically the same pay as a commissioner almost exactly, especially when you factor in the cost of our health insurance plan versus Cottage Grove's. So, um is a good guy, um, and he'll be missed. Uh, and, you know, uh, there were times we were on other sides of issues, um, you know. The park smoking ban was one of them. Uh, uh, picking a new state senator was one of them. Uh, but we always could disagree very politely and understand each other's motivations and not question you know, that what we were doing was for some evil purpose. It was because it was what we felt was best. Um, and I think that was the basis of a great relationship. Um, and I'll probably continue to. Um, Pick up the phone and call Faye sometimes when I want his counsel because uh, I'll need access to that um, heart of his and, and just his sense of fairness sometimes maybe to balance myself but that leads to the fact that we're going to have to replace Faye here um, and uh, there's no real timeline in state law and our charter of how quickly the commissioners have to replace that but our charter basically says um, that the commissioners are the ones that get to replace them because it refers to state law and the state law basically says the commissioners appoint replacements for a commissioner in a nonpartisan position. Um, so uh, we have a more or less a wide open process. We get to decide that process and um, that doesn't set any timelines for getting that done. And there's been times when it's taken quite a bit of time to, to, to do that. Because the Commissioner leaving gave a fair amount of time. Unfortunately, Faye gave a very short notice to the end of the month because he's really needed in his new position in the city of Cottage Grove. They've got they've had one position empty since December. This other positions going empty this month and he's actually taking over a position that combines two uh, Department heads into one uh, and. Um, it's coming into budget season, so it's really necessary for that position to be filled at the city, so they really needed him right away and um, it'll be great for the citizens of Cottage Grove to have Fay there. We'll miss him here, but it leaves a gaping hole here in that Fay was a rural commissioner and the one thing that um, people outside the County Commission probably don't understand is how much more work there is for a rural commissioner than there is for an urban commissioner. Um, We all have the equal number of people in our districts, approximately 75,000 citizens in each one of our districts. But in uh, the Eugene um, districts and uh, the Springfield districts, 90% of those people are inside or more are inside the city limits of those two cities. So that most of the issues that constituents fate, you know, might come up with, like um, in this wet winter, I've got a flooding problem in my backyard and I think it might be coming off of a road. Um, it's a city road it's coming off of and it's really the city council they should be calling. Um, you know, if they've got a problem with, with a, a drug house in their neighborhood, it's the city police department they call and the city council they call if they're not getting a good response from the police department rural commissioners though it's flipped almost all of our constituents live outside of an incorporated city and when they have a flooding problem it's coming off of a county road and when they have a police problem uh, it's a crime problem it's the county sheriff's Department and then the commissioners that they call. We are their first level of government, so we get a whole lot more constituent. Um, contacts for help than a than an urban uh, commissioner does, and that's why it's really important to replace Faye quickly, because you don't want to leave. Those um, approximately 50,000 non city residents in his district without somebody they can call to get help. Of course, they can call any commissioner for help, but when you call the one that you're going to vote for in the next election, possibly, um, you're, there's a higher level of customer service expected, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, so we're going to try and replace they pretty quickly. So we have actually, um, today, um, put out some criteria and a way to apply for anyone that's, been living in the East Lane District for the last two months and Lane County for the last two years, because those are the minimum qualifications. Um, Anyone that was going to run for a commissioner seat has to have lived in Lane County for two years at the time of the election and lived in their district for at least two months when they filed for the seat. Same thing with with this. And then also you have to be eligible to vote in in, uh, Lane County that's the minimum qualification and you have to be 18 or older so those that's the bare minimum qualifications we can't ask for anything more than that Um, it's not like we're filling the 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 sheriff's uh, seat like we did a few years ago where there is specific state law on having to have certain certifications as a law enforcement officer in order to be an elected Mm -hmm. sheriff Um, so uh, that is definitely um? Something we have to be careful about um, is is to not um, create, uh, a, you know, ask a question we shouldn't ask about it because really the only thing that matters is do you live in the district? Have you lived there for two months? Have you lived in Lane County for two years? And are you eligible to vote? So that's the major criteria. We're also ask, asking people though to to uh, fill out a um, a generic Wayne County um, application for employment form because that gathers a lot of the information that helps us verify those minimum criteria as well as um, uh, submit a uh, cover letter and a resume, because we're going to have to try and decide uh, basically the end of 2018 is when his term ends. so it'll be for about the next uh, year and a half, a uh, little bit more than a year and a half. So those applications, um, we'll take applications starting tomorrow and uh, that will close the applications on April 6th, which is a little bit more than two weeks. I think that's a fair amount of time. Uh, it was pretty well covered in in the news on all the TV stations, the radio stations over the last 24 hours in the newspaper um I think it'll you know, we're covering it here today on my my show. Um so two weeks for everybody to get their their stuff in. I tell you, Faye made the announcement a little after nine o'clock yesterday morning. I was getting texts from potential people before lunchtime at during the board meeting from people that were, were wondering about how to apply for his seat. So uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any lack of interest and it's amazing how fast news gets around this county. So uh, after we get those applications in the following um, Tuesday at our board meeting, we'll have um, a discussion item about that where we'll, we'll look at how many people applied, if we need to do a quick winnowing down of the number Uh, We're asking everybody to be available on April 12th, and we're going to hold a a special board meeting that day where we will do interviews of um, either the entire list of people, or if it's a shorter list, if it's a lot of people, we'll try and narrow it down somewhat, and we might start out with a round of short interviews um, of a lot of people. and then work our way down to longer interviews of a short list once we you know, have some deliberations of the board um, you know, and hopefully get ourselves down to uh, a top candidate um, by the end of the day on the 12th so that we can get them seated um, fairly quickly. Uh, if we can't finish it up on the 12th, um, it may take us a while at that point. Um, so that's kind of what's coming up about trying to replace Commissioner Stewart. Have any questions about that or anything else you want to talk to here on the Bowes About on the Bowes Nose Show, give us a call at 646 721 9887 and just press. Hi, we are experiencing some technical difficulties here. Uh, please stand by with the Jay Dycom. On your hand. Again, welcome to live radio and are you reconnected? I'll just keep talking to make sure that just in case you're actually connected. Uh, Again, suppose no show and and if you want to uh, get in on the conversation. (laughs) And we're back. And i have getting an echo there, Robin, I think you need to go back to monitoring on the on the phone. There we go. All right, so that was interesting. Uh, Sorry about that, folks. Had temporary uh, disconnection from the Blog Talk Radio folks. Not sure what happened. Um, Just happens sometimes. Um, Little internet glitch there. So, like I was saying, you can call in at 646-721-9887 and simply press 1. It lets us know you have a question or a comment for the show or you can email us at talk at krbnradio.net and uh, we even look at that between shows so if you if you're listening to this uh, not live tomorrow or some other time on as a rebroadcast from the archives uh, you can email us if you have a comment about an older show uh, anytime and we'll take a look at that maybe deal with it on our next show But, uh, of course, any topic's fair game, but if you have any questions about how we select a commissioner to replace a commissioner and uh, just how that process looks, you can give us a call. And um, hopefully uh, we'll get somebody seated in in Faye's old seat and somebody of quality uh, that's going to serve the the constituents of East Lane County to the best of their ability. Um, He's going to be a tough act to follow because I tell you, Uh, Fay works hard and you know one of his reasons for taking that position with Cottage Grove was he wants to spend more time with his family. And he's taking a position that's basically combining the position of two people that left Cottage Grove, two department heads. And he's thinking that taking that position is actually going to be a less of a time commitment than being a, a County Commissioner. If that gives you any idea of how much time Bay has put into being a County Commissioner <laughs> that he can take the job of two people over to, and, in a in a uh, city of 10,000 people. Um, it, and feel like that's going to be a downgrade in 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 his is his time commitment. Uh, is a pretty amazing statement about just how much time it takes to be a commissioner. Yeah, uh, because you know, there is if you're going to do it well and you're going to serve the people well. Uh, it's a lot of work, uh, and I can attest to that. It's not a 40 hour a week, job. Uh, a a week job. It's not a five-day-a-week job. It's definitely uh, almost every day of the week, uh, and no matter where you are, you're always a commissioner. I can't go to the grocery store without planning at least an extra 15 minutes to talk about something with somebody that will stop me in the aisle and uh have a question about how they can deal with uh, an abandoned house in their neighborhood or um, you know what they do about their neighbors that are growing pot you know you name it I get the questions sometimes it's stuff that's not even a county issue and something to do with the federal government you know who knows Um, but you know they recognize me from the TV news or something like that uh, uh, or they've talked to me before and uh, it you know you're never not a commissioner um, um i i answer email at six in the morning and i read board background materials till 10 at night uh, sometimes so it's a it makes for a long days um, sometimes not well appreciated obviously from uh, some of the comments in, in uh, uh in the register guard i, I really uh, uh question how well some people actually knew Faye that are commenting. Uh, Hard-working guy. Uh, really will be missed on the Board of Commissioners. But, you know, it, it it's kind of sad in some ways that Faye chose this week to announce his, his resignation because it buried some things in the news that were really big. And, and I mentioned them in some of my Facebook posts about the show today. We got our third annual audit on the jail, the public safety levy, which funds the jail and our youth services uh, departments, uh, we passed that levy back in 2013. Again, it's one of the things that um, Commissioner Stewart worked hard for, and I worked very hard for. We started setting up to run that levy years before we actually put it on the ballot. Um, you know, Faye and I have been discussing that. It's one of the ways I, you know, got to know Faye was when I was actually helping. Run the fund the jail campaign before I ever ran for commissioner back in 2008. Um, so you know, long time planning got it passed. One of the things we put into it was an, an annual third party audit of the funds that we were getting in from the the actual levy to determine are they being spent exactly the way we promised to spend them. And in addition to that, are we meeting some of the other promises we made at the time we put it on the ballot? And um, the the firm that that did that third party audit, uh, well known local firm. You know that that. You know, folks are pretty familiar with. uh, You know, uh, Moss Adams and. uh, For the third year in a row. We got a clean audit on the money, and we got a clean audit on meeting the promises we made when we put it out there, including putting in the amount of general fund money to match the levy fund money to run the jail that we promised to do in the first place. Uh, Contrary to the Register Guard trying to spin that another way a couple years ago, Um, you know, one of the things they looked at was we promised we were going to have 200 and 55 local jail beds uh, open with the levy money, and they confirmed that we have met that promise. In fact, we've been able to keep 317 local jail beds open uh, through the last year um, with the combination of levy and general fund monies. Uh, One of the things we did when we made that promise was we were counting on some worst case scenarios that didn't actually develop, so we've actually been able to exceed some of our promises. Uh, it's you know really gratifying to see that, particularly as we're getting ready to uh, ask folks to renew that levy for another five years. I think it's been very effective. We've reduced our capacity-based releases from the jail by over 60%. We haven't released a violent offender pre-trial since we passed the levy and opened the jail beds back up. Um, You haven't heard the stories about folks being released from the jail and robbing a bank 45 minutes later, or somebody that we released from the jail being shot in a drug deal a couple days later. Um, You know, it's it's been a real success story and it's been really helpful to a lot of other programs. you can talk to our folks in parole and probation you can talk to folks in uh, some of the treatment community if we don't have jail beds that actually can be sanctions for you know violating the terms of your uh, treatment agreements with the courts to keep out of jail or whatever if there aren't beds available they mean nothing and people don't Finish up their programs, and the fact that we've got real jail beds available has made all of those prevention and and treatment programs that much more effective. It's one of the reasons why those folks all testified in favor of the levy uh, going on the ballot in the first place, and testified in favor of us placing the renewal on the ballot. Um, you know, everybody from folks uh, Craig Opperman with Looking Glass. To folks from Serenity Lane, from um, uh, folks from sponsors uh, that deals with the post-prison folks, all of them understand how how critical it is to have local jail beds available. And unfortunately, Faye's resignation kind of buried that story about the audit coming out uh, and just a, what a wonderful thing it was. Uh, another thing that um, you know happened here yesterday that also got buried was uh, our county administration folks and our finance people they are just some of the best in the state if not the country um, at the local government level they have been able to um, do some things that are just amazing over the years and and i've talked about how much money we save and every time i don't think they can squeeze any more blood from the turnip Um, and save us more money, they find some new way. One of the things they did um, was uh, bring us um, an option yesterday that we approved to refinance um, a portion of our debt. Um, And actually they call it refunding because what you do is is, um, you pay off the existing bonds and then reissue bonds um, in the market. So it's it's not quite like refinancing your home, it's a little bit more complicated, but it's sort of the government's version of refinancing your home. At, you know, and one of the reasons why is the interest rates are better now. Secondary interest is why is, you know, I talked in a previous show about us getting our Moody's bond rating upgraded. Well, because of that upgrade, we can get lower interest rates. So, um, what we're going to do is is refinance some 2003 and 2008 bonds that we uh, had uh, uh, put out there quite a while back and uh, that is going to enable us to save 8.8 million dollars in interest payments over the next 10 years or so Uh, it's an incredible um, ability to uh, actually it's 2003 and 2009 sorry um uh, bonds but it's an incredible way that we're going to be able to save this money and it's just um i mean right up front it's going to save us about three million dollars um you know at the front end and 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 the rest of it's going to be saved over time um and it's just at looking at you know how, how are we handling our money and the taxpayers money in the best way and uh making those decisions to take some um, you know uh, some reserve monies that were left over from SRS payments that you know we'll, that were basically one-time money uh, paying down some of that debt at the same time as refinancing it and we end up with this 8.8 million dollar savings And that's going to mean we're going to be able to uh, preserve 8.8 million dollars worth of services in the future to the, our constituents because we'll have saved that money uh, by this refinancing. So a couple of good things that happened yesterday that kind of never, you know, don't, you know, good news doesn't make the news as bit, as much as, as as shocking or bad news does and phase and resignation was kind of a shock to a lot of people. So that kind of buried the good news of our jail, um, our public safety levy audit, coming out clean for the third year in a row that we kept all our promises and our refinancing uh, of these bonds to save $8.8 million in taxpayer money. Um, So pretty good things happening there. Of course, I can't quite say the same thing when I look up to the north in Salem, you know. Going to be back in Salem tomorrow uh, to testify Uh, for the community corrections budget, which is something that funds our uh, parole and probation Department and funds a few jail beds for um, uh, parole parole and probation to use. Uh, Really important source of funding for a lot of programs. It also funds uh, a a lot of treatment and other other community corrections things that we we deal with here where we're trying to keep people some of the, le- the nonviolent offenders um, on the straight and narrow and, and still in their community so that um, they don't cost us a bunch of money by housing them and, and warehousing them basically in a prison. Um, but you know as I look to the north, some of the crazy things I'm hearing about, um, you know, they're back at trying to, to get a state dog determined, whether it should be the border collie or the Newfoundland, uh the, the there's kinds of seem, seems to be momentum for the border collie but there's a small minority that wanted to be the newfoundland because that was uh that was the dog that came out with lewis and clark uh to this area <laughs> oh my god and you know meanwhile we've got you know a one and a half billion dollar budget deficit staring at us in the face and we're arguing about the state dog um, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, hard to believe. Meanwhile, our, our, you know, the Senate Judicial Committee passed out a bill to the full Senate that is going to basically make sure that if you buy pot from a recreational um, retail uh, marijuana outlet, that they make sure that they destroy your name, you know, shortly thereafter, um, that that doesn't get stored in any way and 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 can be um, turned over to the wrong people or or you know identity theft. What's funny is I testified to that very same committee um, when they were considering Senate Bill 941, which was the expanded background checks on gun purchases, that. I you know one I wasn't really in favor of the bill but two if they did pass it please modify it to include something that would require that those folks that that submit for background checks once they pass the background check that their names and information get deleted from the system quickly in, a, in an expedited manner so that that doesn't become some de facto gun registration system where people can find out who has a gun and in violation basically of Second Amendment rights. Well, even though marijuana is still federally illegal, the Senate Judiciary Committee up there in Salem thinks that their information and identities deserve protection, whereas gun owners exercising their Second Amendment and their um, Article 23 their um, uh, Or Article One, Section Twenty-Three, state constitutional rights to own and possess firearms. um, They don't deserve any identity protection. You know, they wouldn't put that in the bill last year. But they're all hot and bothered over the fact that somebody might find out that somebody bought pot at one time. You know, what what is what is more uh, important to protect as far as protecting somebody's, you know. Inalienable rights. Uh, you know, it, there is no inalienable right um, to privacy if, if you're purchasing pot from a retail store. You know, um, you know, retail stores share customer information all the time. Uh, you know, it, it's you know one of those things. You know, as you're signing receipts, sometimes you're signing away your your ability to have your your information shared. Uh, it's just it's really kind of you look up there and go really that that was that important you guys spent a a powerful committee of the senate's time to debate and move that forward to the 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 entire senate because it's that you know has there been an issue yet where somebody's found out somebody you know you know bought pot you know i think they're worried that people might get fired if they get they get discovered they're a pot user you know that gets back to the whole thing of, you know, employers should have the ability to decide whether employees can use POT on their off times, because there's no easy way to determine impairment uh, at the time they're at work. And if they've got a job where safety might be involved, I can see where an employee safety or um, you're dealing with confidential or or critical information, Um, you might not want somebody that that may be using recreational marijuana because you won't be able to determine. If they're, you know, with a. Um, a, a, a blood test or whatever, uh, hair test, whatever that they're actually impaired, they might be able to determine they used. Um, whereas if you just basically say no matter what, you, you can't be doing that. And then if they show up and test, you can just make you know, the presumption that they violated a work rule. Um, you know, it, it's interesting that whole thing going on sale of marijuana, but it just amazes me with, you know, the, the house is burning down around them financially, and they've got time to worry about, you know, whether somebody might find out somebody bought pot at a retail outlet or what the state dog is. And um, they can't do things like Lane County is doing, where we're saving $8.8 million of taxpayers money by you know handling our finances in a responsible manner you know you just don't hear where the state's done that and you know if if lane county is saving 8.8 million doing that you know the state probably could be doing 10 to 100 times more than that because we just aren't that big of a fish compared and we don't carry as much debt as they do you know, so where's the state refinancing debt? Where are they working on that sort of thing? Um, you just don't hear it. You know, maybe they're doing it, but they certainly aren't putting it out there that they're doing it, which makes me wonder why they're going to ask you know for the latest hints are they're going to have a special session this summer so they can figure out what kind of tax they're going to increase to close their budget gaps. Because um, they just can't seem to find the time to do it when they're in a regular session when they're now starting to meet in annual sessions you know it's just you shake your head um, sometimes when you look up north um, to that bowling trophy uh that houses those those folks up there doing some pretty crazy things uh, at times um so i don't know but you know this is your opportunity to call in and talk to me. We can talk about what they're doing up there in the Marble Nut House, or uh, what we're doing here uh, downtown. Uh, You guys can have the same opinion about us that we're doing crazy things too. So give me a call at 646-721-9887 and just press one and that, you know, lets you get in on the show. Um, It lets us know you have a question. Uh, Anything's fair game here on the Bo's Nose Show and I'm Jay Bozovich, your host, and Robin, my call screener and producer extraordinaire, will pick up the call and and, uh, get you in our our queue. Uh, Also, you can email us at talk at krbnradio.net, and also you can uh, message us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. If you go uh, uh, KRBN uh, Internet Radio into Facebook search, you'll find our page. Uh, Like our page, Uh, so you can get our notifications when the show what's coming up on the show and all that good stuff uh also you can you know uh like my uh commissioner's facebook page i've got jay bozovich uh lane county commissioner page i've also got my personal page but my personal page you're probably going to see more poodle pictures and cat pictures and ducks and whatever else and Hear about uh, my personal life, a little bit more on that one, uh, but I don't mind people being friends on my personal page too. Uh, get to see a little bit more than beyond uh, what you might read in the newspaper about me. Um, so, those are a couple ways you can get a hold of us and talk to us here on um, the Bose Nose Show or just to connect with uh, your commissioner. Uh, you know, I do respond to Facebook messages. Uh, in fact it's a way constituents get a hold of me uh, in fact i just was dealing with um, an issue out near walton with some folks that have been uh, camping illegally on Coos Bay railroad property um, underneath the railroad bridge where it probably wasn't really obvious to the folks running the rail uh, but it was pretty obvious to the neighbors living nearby because these folks were speeding up and down the gravel road that that gets to that bridge and uh Causing all sorts of mayhem, uh, shooting guns late at night and crazy stuff um, out there. And um, the contact I got about that was through Facebook Messenger. And I've actually been able to help out because I actually know some folks at Coos Bay Rail Lines um, because we helped them apply for some grants to fix, you know, because most of that rail line is actually in Lane County, even though it gets to the Port of Coos Bay and the Port of Coos Bay owns it two-thirds of it inside of Lane County. A um, little bit in Douglas County and a little bit in Coos County, but the majority of it is in Lane County, so we help them get some uh, uh, federal uh, transportation money to fix some of the uh, bridges and tunnels and all that and track so that they can get the speeds up and um, try and get the time it takes to get freight from the port to the city, of, uh, to the uh Union Pacific Rail Yards um, and Eugene here a little bit faster, um, I tell you that is going to be an economic driver of the future as that port develops. It is the only deep water port between um, basically uh, the Columbia River and San Francisco Bay. And it is the only deep water port on the West Coast where you don't have to sail Miles into an estuary or up a river, off the deep water, to get to it. It's it's actually about a um, forty-minute trip into the port to the dock, um, you know, to get in there, uh, compared to you know most of a day to get into Oakland or Seattle, Tacoma or Tacoma, um, through the Puget Sound or the the San Francisco Bay. Or you can think about how long it takes to get to the port of portland up the columbia river um it's really a gem and is and it's got a soft bottom that can be dredged out to a deeper channel and uh if we can just keep if we can get that rail line upgraded and get um decent um terminal facilities down there it could be a real driver for lane county economy because the place that freight comes is Lane County here in Eugene. Somebody's going to have to move that freight between the two lines, and there'll be a great opportunity for, um, you know, uh, the, our local um, food uh, service sector to use that as a way to get um, their product overseas to the Asian markets, uh, you know, by putting it on the Coos Bay rail line in Eugene and. Directly out through the port system, uh, yeah, and with, with the large out there in West Eugene and some of our ag community, it could be a real real driver for our economy in the long run. so something I've supported, but so I had that contact for from my past uh, work with Coos Bay Rail and was able to get a hold of them and they're posting the area. Um, no camping, and hopefully we'll get to deal with that issue of those folks out there that are causing a problem out in in rural Lane County. But the whole way that problem solving got initiated was somebody messaged me on Facebook. So that's all it takes, or it can just be you calling me on the show right now today, 646-721-9887, and just press one to get in on the conversation. And we can have a conversation, I'll take some notes, Get some information from you, and I'll see if we can figure out a solution to your problem. If I can't help you, if it turns out it's a state problem or a federal problem, I'll try and get you in contact with the right, right folks to help you out. Um, it's part of what I do as a county commissioner, is constituent service. Like I started talking, uh, uh, talking about early on, and how important it is to fill phase rural commer- commissioner seat. As a rural commissioner, I have a lot more direct constituents than an urban commissioner does uh, because we are that first level government and I get to deal with these issues day to day for uh, folks in Lane County. It's one of the most rewarding things I do when I can actually help solve a problem for an individual out there or a a small neighborhood that's having an issue and get something Uh fixed. Um, You know, it's what makes it worth some of the the negative comments in the Register Guard or some of the bashing you get on the editorial page or whatever it is. You know, know, people think you're nuts sometimes for being elected official because it seems like all you get is flack. You're never making everybody happy. Um, Those cases where you can solve an individual problem like that, um, those are the things that make it worthwhile. You know, because um, navigating government's not easy. Uh, because I'm immersed in it more than 40 hours in a week, five days a week, uh, beyond that, it's more like seven days a week and about 60 to 80 hours. Um, I, I understand the system really well. And I can help somebody pretty quickly a lot of times. Uh, it may be just simply uh, getting them in contact with the right person here at Lane County. Um, Yeah, did that the other day where somebody had a question about changing uh, location of a local festival and whether or not the place they were thinking about moving it to uh, the land use was an okay land use at that location. uh, Called me because that's who they were told to call and I actually all I did was have uh, got them in contact with one of our planner spokes in our, our planning department and they were able to help them. And it was just simply kind of transferring their question over to the right person at Lane County. Um, so that's, you know, sometimes all, all it takes is something very small like that, or sometimes it takes a little bit more like the relationship I happen to have with the Coos Bay Rail Line, knowing the folks at the kind of the top, getting in contact with them and them actually talking to the neighbor there and working with uh, our public works and Sheriff's Department to figure out what the correct signage is to post. And uh, hopefully that problem will be resolved pretty soon out there in Walton. Um, But that's, you know, I know that's one of the things that that Commissioner Stort took great pride in um, and was always happy about. um, And sometimes it was a little bit bigger problem that he solved, uh, like that route river problem that he took care of, or even, you know, taking care of a dangerous crossing there with the uh, Rail River bike path um, where w- there was a crossing that was between two curves that was kind of dangerous and we we got. Uh, got creative and got some grants from various uh, uh, entities and were able to make that into an underpass and now is a completely safe crossing because a lot of families use that. Uh, that Rail River Trail because it's a very pretty trail fairly level trail, and it's a uh, place where, you know, people will take their whole family with the kiddie bikes and everything else, and uh, be able to ride up up to uh, Outrow River um, in some beautiful countryside uh, from Cottage Grove on a weekend. And uh, that crossing presented some real dangerous situations where there were actually some deaths that happened there. Um, and Faye was able to fix that, you know, work to fix that also in it for his constituents so sometimes it's not just a single constituent you help but it's a whole group of constituents Um, and uh, we need to get somebody in that seat that understands that and uh, get that person in there quickly so that those folks from East Lane will have that person to call and that um, that assistance so got a little bit more than uh five minutes here left on the Bose nose show uh anything is fair game again just give me a call at 646-721-9887 and just press one if you want to get in on the conversation so on a completely different note um you know i spent some time back in dc and we talked about that in a previous show but you know i i I just have to shake my head at the craziness about um, wiretapping and Donald Trump's tweets and the reactions to them and the swings in the press and everything. And then today's announcement from the uh, chair of the House uh, Committee on Intelligence um, that there actually was surveillance of transition team members Um, of the Trump transition team during the period after the election before and before the inauguration. When they were meeting in Trump Tower, which meant yes, there was surveillance of folks while they were in Trump Tower and oh and by the way, that surveillance may have picked up conversations of the presidents. Um, So it kind of leads back to maybe his tweet was accurate. Of course, you know, wiretapping is an old term for modern uh you know hardly applies to what modern electronic surveillance is nowadays which can be done multiple ways everything from directional uh microphones that that basically can almost penetrate walls now they've got amazing equipment to um you know just you know being able to monitor um incoming and outgoing uh cell phone numbers at least who you called and how long the calls were. Um, you know, like the NSA was doing that, you know, we all heard about in the past. Uh, so, you know, wiretapping the actual, you know, what they used to do in the old days that that term was from was, you know, they would actually go out and hook a wire up to the incoming uh, co- pair of copper lines that that go to a particular phone and could pick up all the conversations off that phone uh, and tape record them. And, and that's where the term comes from. But how many people actually use a hardwired phone nowadays? Um, you know, so there's multiple, multiple ways of collecting surveillance in elect- and particularly electronic surveillance that that term sort of covers in some ways. But some people wanted to try and make it specific to that term Um, And I think it's just uh, a euphemism for surveillance in general. But uh, pretty interesting to have the wild swings in that. um, As they go, so I kind of I I hadn't said anything about about that particular issue too much other than how masterful it was of Trump to do that because it kind of took some things off of the front page that had been on the front page. He probably didn't want there. while he was focusing on other issues. Um, And it turns out, you know, he let it sit out there and let everybody accuse him of lying about it and, you know, where's your proof and all that stuff? And how many weeks later does this show up, you know, come out in the news today that, you know, maybe there was actually some there there. Um, And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of days in the press and on Capitol Hill. Hey, in Washington D.C. If you don't mind me jumping in here for a second, for the last. No, time. not at all, Robin. I just thought I'd point out that going back to the uh, uh, your uh, was it smoking 21 or no, back 21, yeah, 21. That uh, by the way, you're listed in the Miami newspaper. Yeah. you are mentioned there along with the $50 fine. But uh, yeah, you're you're getting to be you're getting to be known and famous, and pretty soon, you know. Toshi so you can call you can call the show and talk to the famous Lane county commissioner, yeah, well, I actually made national news um in several newspapers uh last, was it two years ago when we uh passed a resolution saying we weren't gonna enforce senate bill nine forty one um, that actually made uh news across the country uh, that was the uh, we basically said we weren't going to expend because they it was basically an unfunded mandate we were going yeah you know, we with our limited funds that we already had committed to every every other program in lane county we were not going to expend any additional local funds and divert them from other programs to enforce senate bill 941 the expanded background check bill so um yeah it's not the first time You know and and that was that my name actually got mentioned in the national story that actually got picked up in some other places across the country in the wire service so so what's next uh jay bolshevich for governor no, no 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 hint 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 yeah no 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 i had to be recruited into and twisted into running for county commissioner um i have no desire for higher office i Grew up in DC and escaped it. I don't want to go back there. I uh, have no desire to run a statewide campaign. It is difficult enough to run a campaign in a district of 75,000 people. That's the size of the state of Rhode Island. Um, it's. A de- uh, and that campaign is is tough enough on its own, so no. Uh, Your guys are stuck with me as a commissioner. I have no desire for higher office. Um, And I've I've stated that emphatically all along. (laughs) So that's just about it for the Bo's Nose Show today. Um, Ending on that high note of you're stuck with me. (laughs) We'll be back next week um, talking about everything Lane County. uh, And the following week, and uh, we'll see how long the, our, our interviews go for replacing uh, Commissioner Stewart. Um, we'll play it by ear whether we're going to have a live show or a repeat next week. Uh, should be interesting. Lots to talk. But uh, that's it for the Bose Bo's No Show. We'll hear you next week live from downtown Elmira. Have a great week.